uh, the service today. And uh, But I thank God for the opportunity to share his word uh, this morning. I thank God for us being able to meet together um, and to just worship the Lord together. I love the scripture that just says how, how blessed and how uh, pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And it's just such a beautiful thing that we um, are able to come together and, and thank God for the ability to cross state lines and uh, really commune with each other via platforms like Zoom and, and other platforms. And so I, I was thinking about what to share with, um, you know, this morning and, and the word that came to me was something that actually I had shared before, but it was more of one of those moments during worship where it was just kind of one of those little snippets um, that, that the Lord had just dropped into my heart. And today we fleshed that out a little bit more over this past week. But the Lord also gave me sort of an object lesson in terms of the content of this particular uh, sermon or sermonette, however you want to look at it. And so I'm, I'm thankful to share that as well. Uh, but the title of today's sermon is As Good As It Gets. So let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you, Lord, for, the, for your word. We thank you for this time together. Uh, we thank you, O oh God, for understanding uh, you told us to, in all our getting, get understanding, and we thank you for wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that your word will not return unto you void, but that it will go and accomplish that which you purpose it to do. We thank you, God, because there is no wisdom outside of you, outside of knowing who you are. And so we are truly blessed to be called your children this morning, to have the health that you have given us this morning, the strength that you have given us this morning. Uh, the clarity of thought. Lord, we thank you for uh, that this word is going forth. And, and may it be accurate. May it be balanced. May it be clear. Uh, may your Holy Spirit speak. Uh, let me not get in the way of what you want to say to your people. And may we be edified. And ultimately, Lord, may you be glorified through this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's sermon is as good as it gets, not to be confused with the Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt movie that came out in the 90s. Nothing to do with that. But the sermon that the subject has to do with our understanding of the times. And I feel like if we look around and what we've been going through over the past year with with COVID and, and there's there's discussions in the socioeconomic and the political realms, and there's all these various discussions that are taking place, not necessarily on just the, the medical and the quote-unquote epidemio epidemiological aspects of the virus, but there, there have been discussions about the wealth the wealthy getting even wealthier and the rich getting even richer, and you've, you've, I'm sure you've heard these discussions and pharmaceutical companies and, and all these just increases in a wide range of industries. And at times it's easy to kind of get caught up in, in that conversation and to look at this and feel like we are, uh, you know, not necessarily powerless, but that this is something that 
you know, how can we change how things are done? How can we affect how, um, you know, this whole sort of unequal distribution of wealth? And so we're going to get into that. So I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. But we're going to turn initially to Psalm 73, uh, one of my favorite Psalm, not of David, but uh, of Asaph. And if you know, Asaph was basically the choir director at that time. He was of the house of Levi, uh, a prophet, obviously a psalmist and poet. And so Asaph writes this psalm, which I'm sure we can all connect to and, and, and really understand and, and um, appreciate because of things that we have all gone through in our life. And so he begins by saying in verse one, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of are a clean heart. And I'm reading from the King James this morning. He says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious, I was jealous. I was envious at the foolish, remember that word, the foolish, when I saw the prosperity of the, remember this word, wicked. So he, here's a man who, choir director, a prophet of God, of the Levitical lineage, a psalmist in, in essentially David's court at the time, a high position. And he says, I was jealous when I looked at the foolish people that were out there prospering. I looked at them. And so it shows to me just the ability, no matter where we are in life or in our walk with the Lord, the ability of all of us at some point in time to, to get our focus off focus, to get off focus, to get off track in terms of what our eyes should be focused on. And that we can lose sight of what actually matters. We can lose sight of the things that, that God is doing in our life. And so really, it's also a reminder to me that there, there's no reason uh, now, jealousy is a is, is more of a human, a natural thing, but there's no reason that we should give into being jealous because we only do that when we we forget what God has done for us, when we forget how God has blessed us. So if we're too focused on other people's success and we forget what God has given us, then, yeah, it's it's easy it's easier to become envious like Asaph did. It's easier to become envious at the foolish. And we know from scripture, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. So these are people who are operating out of their own, whatever seems right to them, whatever seems good to them, whatever seems like it's going to uh, be in their best benefit, regardless of how it affects others, these are those people who are operating in that mindset. And so Asaph, he was, he was distraught. He was broken. He was, I would go so far as to say, it was almost a, a state of, of minor depression as you continue to read through these scriptures. He said, I almost slipped because I was so envious. And he goes on to talk about some of the things he says, there are no bands in their depth. Their strength is firm. They seem so secure, right? They're, these multimillionaires, these multi-billionaires. He says, they are not in trouble as other men. 
They don't have the cares and the worries that I have. I'm a prophet of God, a psalmist of God. I'm directing the people to sing in the Levitical lineage. And I'm going through all these things. He says, neither are there, they plagued like other men. He says, so verse six, I find this interesting. He says, therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. And so it's, they, they're chained by pride and they're covered by violence. And so it, the imagery there is that they are not in control of these qualities, if you could put it that way, pride and violence, they are actually, pride and arrogance and this sense of false security, these aren't strengths, they're weaknesses. And these quote unquote prosperous people are actually in bondage to these qualities. It just, they don't know any other way. It just comes along with their very nature. Because again, they are operating out of what seems right to them and not letting the Lord be the focus and the lead of their life. He says in verse seven, you can see the lust of the eyes here. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. Well, well enough more to give away, but they don't want to. They hoard it. They are corrupt in verse eight and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily, very high-minded, talk so well of themselves. And so Asaph is just in this place. He just continues to go on and on um, in this particular passage about how prosperous they are. And then he gets to one of my favorite, and, and Uncle Willis quoted this before, one of my favorite scriptures in this passage in verse 17. And he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. See, there's power <laughs> there's we've talked about this before there's power in being in the right place there's power in that and that's not just a geographical thing because right now we are not in a physical church but we are in the right place there's power in being in the right position i think we've preached about this before the position of humility the position of servitude the the position of being able and willing to be molded by God and, and moved by God and shaped by God. There is power in understanding that. He said, until I went into the sanctuary, then, he says, and only then, understood I their end. He said, that's the reality. He said, the, the spirit reminded him that, yeah, this all this that they seemingly have, it, it's, it's a fantasy. They're living a fantasy. This is their dream. This is as good as it gets for them. This is it. So the 70 years or 80 years or, or whatever years they have of this, again, quote unquote, prosperity, this is all they have. And so it's, it's not that we're rooting for the destruction of the wicked. That's not God's desire, right? Second Peter 3, 9 reminds us that, that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, perish, but that all should come to repentance. But it helps us to humbly put everything in the proper perspective. That's why we shouldn't, again, we shouldn't be jealous because you go back to the very first verse in this passage, and it is just such a great reminder. 
he started this, this so beautifully and he ends it beautifully as well. Truly God is good. And then he goes into what he went through and all that, but he just, it just, it's like it almost just, you could start there and you can end there and all that in between until he gets to 17. It's like, ASAP, just remember what you just said. You just started off with the declarative, the declaration, truly God is good to Israel, even to such, that's us, as of are of a clean heart. And so he understood their end and, and we shouldn't be jealous. We remember how good God has been to us. And so this, think about it, this earth, this, the moments here, for those who don't have a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ, for those who have not committed their heart and mind to him, this life, this is, the, this is as good as it gets for them. And so it's, it's, a, it's also a reminder to us that we need to be on our post, that we need to be out there spreading the word, that we need to be reminding people like, this isn't it. <laughs> this isn't it. And we need to start making investments into the bank of heaven. We need to start living a life that is going to be pleasing to the Lord so that at the end, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And that we don't hear those words that depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. I never had that relationship. So those without the relationship with God, this life, even millions and billions of dollars and, and yachts and, and multiple companies, and they may ha seemingly have it all going on, but that's it. That's it. That's as good as it gets for them. For us, here's the good news. <laughs> this is as bad as it gets for us. This life, the aches and pains, the physical sickness. I said the object lesson this past week, for those that don't know, sometimes I have a, a neuralgia issue. It's not quite like Sister Pat's. But I said, Lord, I, I guess this is good because it gives me an object, a physical reminder of the word that you want me to share, that yes, we will have aches, we will have pains, we'll have sickness, we'll have disease. But he said, look, this is as bad as it gets for you. I love this scripture. Now, you, you keep reading in Psalm 73, you go down to 23, he says, Asaph says, nevertheless, I love that, nevertheless, I am continually with thee, Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. This, remember, this is as bad. So we just covered as good as it gets for the wicked. And now we're talking about as bad as it gets. As bad as it gets for us is that we are upheld through all that we go through by the hand of the Lord that we are guided by wise counsel, we are guided by his wisdom in our decisions, that we have direction, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And afterward, Asaph says in 24, receive me to glory. Again, with physical pain and sickness, I remember Paul saying in 2 Corinthians, 
He says, for which cause we faint not. This is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. But though our outward man perish, he said, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment, it may be 50 years. It may be 60 years afflicted. We might have been born with some sort of condition or medical issue that may have uh, materialized later in life. But he said, this is for a moment. This is as bad as it gets for you. Because it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 11 and 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's that word again, light. He So, so yeah, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some affliction, some oppression. We're going to go through some distress. We're going to go through some issues. But he says that this is as bad as it gets for you because you, we all have a hope. We have a hope in John 14 and 2 that the Lord reminds us that there is a place prepared for us. He reminds us that his father's house has many mansions. He says, I go, I went, I go and I prepare this place for you. And then in 1 Thessalonians, the reminders that for the Lord shall himself descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And Jesus says, comfort each other. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So this life, what we go through, the, the pain, the physical issues, the issues with the relationship issues sometimes, the people that we we that may come against us as no as a child of God, as one of the king's kids, as royalty, this, this life is as bad as it gets because we have an eternal hope, a hope in the heavens, a place not made by hands. God bless you. Amen. 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 I love I love that. I love Tim how you said that you know it's as good as he gets. If you, you know, looking at Psalm 73 for the first 16 verses, uh, it's as good as it gets for the foolish, for the wicked, for the uh, evil, as it, uh, the word it, that you use there from, from 73 uh, verse, yeah, verse three, wicked. But it's as, this is as bad as it gets for us. It can never be, any worse for us. We we can't we can't lose our salvation according to Ephesians 1. We can't, the devil can't do anything that he wants to us 
according to Job 1. So, you know, when you look at the protection we have and you and you say that this is as bad as it gets, how grateful should we be? How joyful we should be? This this is just excellent. This is just very, very good. Would you would you happen to um, uh, share a Monday morning moment or what what would be your summary thought? Tim, that you want to do with this? Because if I don't ask you, Rod will. So I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's uh, the Monday morning moment would be, well, let's just use this scripture. We'll use the the one that Asaph started this entire thing with. Uh, Truly God is good. Yes. Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Amen. Amen.